Welcome to episode 19 of the 3M Fear podcast. There are a lot of haunted places out there. In the last episode, we covered the chilling true story of Annabelle. There are so many such cases out there. We heard everything that Ed and Lorraine had to offer, including the fact that they took away Annabelle. In this episode, we will be covering the true story behind the Conjuring movie. I'm sure that everyone has watched the Conjuring movie or at least has heard about the Conjuring movie. The Conjuring universe is so famous that there are multiple movies under its belt. But did you know that the Conjuring movie is real? It is based on a true story. A real family went through years of torture along with the guests because they were stuck in a house and they could not get out. This episode covers the real story of the Perrin family, the real family behind the Conjuring movie. So without wasting much time, let's get started with the real story. Hello and welcome to the 3 AM Fear podcast. I'm Nikita Ferrao, mystery and thriller author. On this podcast, I talk about real crimes and real people. Due to the graphic nature of some of this content, listener discretion is advised. You can find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. Let's get started. Built in 1736 in Harrisville, Rhode Island, the 3100 square foot home still carries its strong foundation and style. This three bedroom and two bath house named as Arnold Estate has faced a lot from wars to storms. This house has seen it all. This includes the hurricane of 1938 which destroyed many homes in the area but left this particular home untouched. Unfortunately, the strong standing home would soon turn out to be the worst nightmare for one family that decided to move in. In December of 1970, Roger and Carolyn Perrin decided to move into Arnold Estate with their five daughters, Nancy, Christine, Andrea, Cindy, and April. It was expensive to live in the city, and so they decided that the countryside would be a good place to live. They could raise their children in a big house with ample space and quiet. Who wouldn't love that? For eight months, they searched for the perfect home. Eight whole months, they kept searching, they kept looking, and they finally found the one. Andrea Perrin told that her mother discovered the farm by accident in June of 1970. She also remembers the previous owners of the property as "quote." an elderly gentleman who captured our hearts with his kindness and generous spirit end quote the house that the parents bought was on a 200 acre property the land had a barn to the left of the main house and a creek that ran through the estate overall this was a perfect place for them andrea perrin was 12 years old at the time of moving into the house and she was the eldest of the children unfortunately for the parents The house that they bought came in with a dark history. The house was originally called as Dexter Richardson House after the first family who lived there. 
Later on, another family bought it and renamed it as the Old Arnall Estate. This name would stay there till the parent family would move in. With the number of years and families that lived there, one can imagine how many people could have lived there and how many would die in this process. This could contribute to a lot of haunting stories over the years. I mean just imagine the amount of families that lived there. Some may have died due to some disease, some may have died due to old age, and there may have been a few murders. We would not know. But just imagine the stories that would have gone through generation after generation, grandparents telling their grandchildren stories about what happened in this house. the good the bad and the ugly there are several stories about horrible deaths that occurred over the years but one has to think that the house was built in the 1700s and life back then was quite different from what it is now everything was different even when the parents moved in life there and life in the 1700s was completely different many of the deaths that took place were of children drowning in the creek and there was at least one known person who was murdered the town maintained its records of people over the years with the help of something called a black book this is how most of the past information about the town's people was discovered and was passed down through generations the book was created by john smith in the book it is written that several people died in the town by hanging Another person committed suicide by drinking poison on the property and at least 4 men mysteriously froze to death. From the Arnold family who lived in the house in the late 18th century, Mrs. John Arnold who was 93 years old was found hanging in the barn. She had committed suicide. Initially, the Perrin family had no idea about these hauntings or spirits that resided in their home. They had no clue. but once they realized they started searching and asking around and that's when they found out the story behind the house when the seller came to hand over the keys to the house he told Roger Perrin to leave the lights on after sunset he never explained why the parents moved in hoping that this would be the end of all their financial troubles and they could start a beautiful family a beautiful future together but unfortunately this was not the truth and this was not what was going to happen to them soon after moving a pipe burst and in order to repair this damaged pipe they had to sell most of their land leaving them from owning 200 acres to just 8.5 acres so you can imagine how much they lost initially the family's experiences with the supernatural was quite harmless Carolyn would find herself noticing small things such as the broom being out of place or sometimes there would be noises coming from different rooms or there would be piles of dust in the kitchen where she just swept whatever strange that happened in the house the parents easily explained it away they said it could be a coincidence or an accident they always had an explanation to why this was happening they never even thought that maybe the spirits were involved Even when the house made sounds they easily thought that this was an old house making squeaking noises nothing that out of the ordinary Andrea was the only daughter who had her own bedroom because she was the oldest 
The second oldest, Nancy and Christine, shared a room, and the youngest, Cindy and April, shared one too. Cindy would often find her things being moved around. They would never be in the same place as she had left them. These included her toys. She thought that it was her older sisters who were playing pranks on her, and so she would ask them. And as it was natural, they always denied. They didn't know about it. And when the older sisters realized that their things were missing, they thought that the younger ones were doing something. Each one thought that the other was doing something. And there was no explanation to why this was happening. I mean, why would their things be missing from their house or their rooms? Someone must have done it. And this created a lot of fight and chaos in the house. Carolyn always found herself intervening and trying to stop these girls from fighting. There was a lot of dark energy and no one could explain. Things were moving around a lot. And soon enough, the girls started noticing something that no one could explain. Apparitions started to take place. At first, most of the spirits that they met were kind of nice to them. But as time passed, these spirits started to act up and became increasingly loud, especially when guests came over. Carolyn once saw these two men sitting in the dining room, one who looked directly at her and then pointed to her so that the other man could look. Andrea joked to them that she was the ghost. Recently in this area of the house, one woman heard a disembodied clap and observed the apparition of a woman in a white dress just outside the kitchen window. Some have even said to have heard a woman's voice greeting them. There was the spirit of a young boy who moved around the house. Cindy also came in contact with the spirit of a woman who would come into her room and kiss her on the forehead. At first she thought that it was her mother, but she soon realized that it was not. And because the spirits were not causing any harm, the children became quite fond of them and liked spending time with them. They were children. They didn't know that these were spirits, these were someone bad. The spirits were not doing anything with them. In fact, they were playing with them. So why would they? For some time, the parent family and the spirits peacefully coexisted in the house. Their youngest daughter, April, became friends with a spirit who lived in a closet. April believed the spirit in her closet to be Oliver Richardson. Although the ghost could have been Olive Richardson, a woman who died in 1867 and whose grave is just 10 miles from Arnold Estate, the entity started making friends with these children, as apparently they were the easiest to communicate with. If you are nice to children, they don't get scared easily. They love talking to you, they love playing with you, they always need a playing partner. They are the easiest to manipulate and easiest to be around with. Guests who later stayed in the home said to have witnessed a ball moving independently around the floor, doors kept opening on their own, and sometimes cell phones would get knocked right off the nightstand with no explanation. There was no wind, no one around, phones would just knock out left and right. The family even witnessed the appearance of a father, son and a dog at the top of the staircase on several occasions. But despite their best efforts, the ghostly trio never made any eye contact or tried to talk to them. With time, the family realized that not all spirits were fond of them. 
the spirits began moving objects around the house, throwing them against the walls and even breaking glass items. The doors would slam shut on their own. At times, the children would play a game called hide and clap. Now, if you don't know this game, during this game, a person is blindfolded and everyone else runs and hides. When the blindfolded person claps, everyone that hides claps back and the first person that is found is called it. In the first six months of moving into the house, the girls were playing this game, hide and clap. Cindy decided to hide in the woodshed, thinking that this was the safer option and that she wouldn't be easily found in this place. She climbed inside a wooden box and covered it with a wood panel. But soon she realized that she had no way of getting out. She tried hard to push the panel, but it wouldn't budge. There were no holes and the heat was too much for her to take in. She screamed at the top of her lungs and was eventually found by her sister Nancy in the box. When the children realized that the spirits were being mean to them and troubling them, they decided to tell their parents. Now we have to know that Carolyn and Roger had no idea that spirits were there with these children, that spirits were spending time with their children, playing with them, being with them from morning till night. Now they found out. Carolyn and Roger, as expected, did not believe them. They had no idea what was going on. They thought that the kids were making up stories. They probably thought that the kids had some form of invisible friend and that they were just talking about them. Eventually, Carolyn and Roger did start noticing some paranormal activity of their own. And that's when they realized that what their children were saying was true. Their experience would not be said to be as playful as with the children. Spirits were not playing with Carolyn and Roger. When Roger would enter the house, he would be hit by a strong rotting smell and he almost threw up. One morning, shortly before dawn, Carolyn was woken up by something moving across the room. She saw a tall woman in a grey dress. Her head was hanging to the side and it looked like a sack of cobwebs with little tendrils hanging down. This spirit demanded Carolyn to leave the house with her family. The spirits who were once very nice to the children and were playing with them were now replaced with evil ones. The children were scared and unhappy and Carolyn was frustrated. She could not think of a way out. Her things kept disappearing and she found herself in impossible situations several times. She then decided to take a deeper look into the history of the house. And that's when she realized that they were not the first ones to experience this. Her daughter Cindy once said that she could hear voices repeating the number 7. When Carolyn looked up, she found out to her horror that there were seven confirmed deaths in the house. One of the apparitions that the girls would see was the spirit called Manny, a creepy spirit of a man with a crooked smile. He would stand in the corner of their bedroom and watch them sleep. This was not the end of their nightmare. Sometimes the children would find themselves being pulled and flung from their beds by what the family believed was a demonic position. Doors would slam shut on their own, picture frames fell and shattered, 
and once an orange in the kitchen started bleeding blood although the family hoped that things would turn out to be better they didn't the parent family began noticing the smell of rotting flesh that would suddenly disappear the young family was concerned and this truly terrified them in the early morning hours at exactly 5:15 am the family would wake up to this disgusting rotting flesh smell during the night one particular spirit tortured the five girls by pulling their legs and hair another spirit tormented poor cindy by whispering into her ear about the dead soldiers buried in the walls of the house one spirit would keep the girls up all night crying mama mama another voice echoed through the halls at night saying get out get out the terrified young sisters would run over to their older sister andrea's room full of tears and fear they would be shaking there were so many incidents that happened with the parent family that no one could explain of those the parents refused to say exactly what till date the parents have not clarified to what happened in the house how many things how bad was it but just to say that it was far scarier and more torturous than one could imagine the movie the conjuring covered nothing compared to what the parent family went through Andrea even implied that she and her sisters were molested at one point by the spirit of a bad man. Some of their beds would even levitate several inches off the floor and occasionally the heating system of the house would mysteriously malfunction. When Roger would go down to the basement to see what had happened, he would sense a cold dark presence behind him. He believed that whoever the spirit was or whoever these spirits were they were definitely having a stronger presence in the basement compared to the rest of the house a web of events took place which andrea peren would later call quote the most terrifying night of her life end quote it all started around 1974 carolyn peren was lying on her sofa in the living room when she suddenly felt a sharp pain hit her calf muscle upon taking a closer look She saw a pool of blood. She was injured, but she had no idea how. She scanned the sofa for anything that could have hurt her. Maybe something sharp, but nothing turned up. Andrea believed that quote whoever the spirit was, she perceived herself to be the mistress of the house and she resented the competition my mother posed for that position. End quote. After some searching they found out that the Arnold estate had a neighbor Bachiba Sherman Born in 1812 Bachiba Sherman lived on the farm just next door to the Arnold estate with her husband Judson Sherman They had a child together named Julia in 1845 When Julia was still an infant Bachiba found her dead and was even charged for her murder After examining the infant it was determined that her cause of death was by a sewing needle piercing the base of her skull 
People believed that this had been one of Bathsheba's knitting needles. This caused the local people to title Bathsheba as a witch. They suspected that she killed the poor infant as a sacrifice to the devil in exchange for eternal beauty. After Bathsheba's arrest, she was soon released as there was not enough evidence to convict her. This didn't stop the town from believing that she was the one who had done it. Over the next few years, Bathsheba and Judson would have two more children. Edward who was born in 1847 and George who was born in 1853. Both these children would not survive past the age of 7. The people in the town were convinced that Bathsheba was behind this, that she was doing something to her children. But to be completely honest, we can't say 100% that Bathsheba was behind this. Times were difficult back then and infant mortality was high. People didn't have access to modern medicine. They didn't have medical knowledge. They didn't have access. They didn't have shots the way that we get now. No one knew about how to look after children. They had no idea about the plagues, the diseases. They didn't know anything. So Bathsheba's children could have easily died due to one of these reasons. It could have been a medical death. but we would never know people were quite convinced that bachiba was killing her children and sacrificing them to the devil when bachiba was 37 she had a son named herbert sherman herbert would be her only surviving child for centuries strange things had been happening in the house there were deaths rapes murders and so many more incidents that occurred to people who resided in that house All who stayed here would say that they could sense this dark energy within and that they didn't know where this force was coming from but the presence was there. When the parent family had moved in, they definitely did feel that presence. Bachiba Sherman passed away in May of 1885 and some legends claim that her body was literally turned to stone which was said to have been a pact with the devil. by turn, by being turned to stone i mean a full body paralysis bachiba lived a long life compared to many and people thought that this could have been the reason for her sacrificing her children she killed her children sacrificed them to the devil and the devil gave her a very long life compared to a lot of people but once again we can't be 100% sure that this is just not some luck or safety on bachiba's side people were dying a lot back then there were diseases people didn't know so it could have been anything maybe bachiba was strong her immune system was strong and maybe that's why she survived several years more than others we would never know the spirits who were troubling the parents never claimed to be bachiba and they weren't sure that she was the one who was haunting them none of the spirits ever claimed that they were bachiba this all easily could have been a story that there was a person named bachiba she did all these things and she is the one who's tormenting them it could all have been simply a story by now the parents had enough and they were desperate for answers they decided to call someone someone who knew about the spirits someone who knew how to handle these spirits and someone who could help them out and so they ended up calling the warrens 
Edward Warren and Lorraine Rita Warren. The popular Ed and Lorraine Warren couple were American paranormal investigators. Ed was a self-taught demonologist, author, and lecturer. Lorraine, on the other hand, was a medium. Ed and Lorraine founded Nesper, the New England Society for Psychic Research. The basic focus of this company is for Ed and Lorraine to visit various hauntings and bless them, or perform exorcisms and get rid of entities. Now, Ed and Lorraine Warren never performed these exorcisms on their own. They always had a priest with them who did this. Throughout their life, the couple have claimed to have investigated over ten thousand cases, and this case, the Conjuring case, the Perron family case. is their main and most famous case including annabel in october of 1973 after being told about the warrens carolyn and roger decided to attend one of their lectures after the lecture they told the warrens about their situation the parents told the warrens that they did not have money to pay them they were already broke but they needed help they needed someone to come and investigate their house now the warrens were quite interested in the story they were intrigued and they wanted to investigate it and so they decided to do it free of charge they told the happy parents that they were going to do it for free shortly after talking to the parents the warrens arrived in rhode island and began their investigation When the Warrens came to the house, Lorraine stepped into the kitchen for the first time and she said, "Quote, I feel a dark presence and her name is Bathsheba." End quote. When they saw the injuries the spirits had inflicted upon the parents, they were certain that this was the work of some demonic entity. Now when Lorraine said the name Bathsheba, Carolyn immediately realized she knew what she was talking about. Lorraine and Ed knew what they were talking about that this was the truth. Carolyn had never told the Warrens anything about Bathsheba. She had just told them that there was something going on in their house and she needed the Warrens to come and check. They had never told her about Bathsheba, Bathsheba's history, Bathsheba may have been the one haunting them, nothing. But the very fact that Lorraine walked into the house and said the name Bathsheba made Carolyn realize that whatever she was feeling was real Lorraine now knew that she wasn't crazy and there was something really wrong with this house Carolyn then told Lorraine everything she knew about Bathsheba and with that Lorraine came to the conclusion that Bathsheba had taken her knitting needle to her grave and now she was tormenting others with it Dealing with this evil entity was extremely exhausting from the emotional perspective of Carolyn and it seemed like Bathsheba just wanted to torment Carolyn and separate her from the rest of her family For quite some time Roger did not believe her he had never actually witnessed anything that Bathsheba did he had not witnessed any spirits for him his children were just talking about ghosts maybe they were talking about some invisible friends and Carolyn He had no idea why Carolyn was agreeing with them and saying that there was something wrong. Roger did not believe that something was wrong in the house. Bathsheba or whoever the spirit was never actually tried to harm Roger. 
In fact, after some time, Bachiba seemed to have been taking some interest in Roger, and this was good for him. He actually enjoyed her company. He found it pleasurable. The Warrens would often visit the parents to investigate, and whenever they were around, the spirits would act up. The parents were now sure that the spirits did not like the Warrens. Andrea believed that Bachiba wanted her father all to herself. and was prepared to do anything anything including getting carolyn out of the way lorraine warren started to believe that the parent family were not very religious and that this could have been the way how spirits were entering their house and just floating around because they were not religious now we have to know that lorraine and ed were very religious people they believed in catholic faith They believe that the Catholic faith is the key to battling these evil or demonic spirits and that's why Lorraine and her husband would always bring in relics crucifixes holy water and anything connected to the Catholic faith and they believe that this was what helped them get rid of these bad spirits they discovered at one point that the farmhouse had a minister and a wife living in it and that while they were living there they did not experience anything bad So the very fact that this happened Ed and Lorraine were sure that the parent family was suffering because they didn't have enough faith if they believed in the lord and if they were true catholics that the spirits wouldn't disturb them During one of her visits Lorraine saw something in the corner of the room that she described as one of the most grotesque things that she had ever seen She called out her faith to cast it out and it did despite everything that the warrens did they would not stop any of the paranormal activity and neither did they manage to drive any spirits away this was the one house that the warrens failed to save so the warrens decided to conduct a séance in the most haunted area of the house the basement in a séance you basically get together you attempt to contact the spirits you ask them what they want and if it is something that they want and you can do it you do it and you get rid of them in 2013 lorraine warren told usa today of the séance that was conducted in arnold estate she said quote the things that went on there were just incredibly frightening it still affects me to talk about it today end quote during the séance that was conducted The parent children were kept away and were strictly told not to come down to the basement. This however did not stop Andrea and Cindy from sneaking in and secretly watching the séance take place. Andrea later on in her statement once said, "I thought I was going to pass out. My mother began to speak in a language not of this world, in a voice that was not hers, and her own chair levitated." end quote At one point she saw her mother being thrown across the room like a rag doll she said her mother's body was being twisted in unnatural positions When the séance was done Roger was angry at the warrens Roger Perrin later said about his wife quote She was possessed her entire body was distorted 
and it lasted several hours until they de-demonized her and I threw them out. End quote. Roger was done with Ed and Lorraine at this point. He had seen what the spirits could do to his wife and his children, and that was not pretty. And he also realized that all of this was happening only when Ed and Lorraine were around. The spirits were quiet and calm and nice, occasionally troubling them, but quite calm and nice when no one was there to trouble them. But as soon as the Warrens came in, the spirits would act up and they would start hurting them, really hurting the parents. And that's when Roger decided that they didn't need the Warrens anymore. They would deal it on their own. And so he decided to send the Warrens back. The night of the seance, an audio recorder which was kept in the room picked up this disembodied voice. The voice was said to be of Bathsheba Sherman. The Warrens never returned to the farmhouse and they never actually did anything to help the situation. At this point, many would be thinking, why didn't the parents just get up and go? Why did they stay in that house and get tortured by the spirits? Why didn't they just pack up and leave? Unfortunately, this is not as easy said as done. The parents were not financially well off to get up and move. All the money that they had, they put it in their house. They had 200 acres of land and because of one broken pipe, they had to sell most of this land and they were left with just 8.5 acres. It was not easy for them to just get up and move. Unfortunately, the farmhouse was losing value every day and the economy wasn't doing well either. No one wanted to buy a property in their location and they couldn't find any relative's house to move in because the parent family were too big. The parent family had too many children. The family was too big. They didn't want to separate the family. They didn't want a few children living with one relative, a few with another. They wanted to be together. And the only way that they could be together was to live under one roof. And that's right here in this house. But as soon as the children grew up and went off to college, the parents moved out. They were right out of the house. Andrea went off to college and Cindy moved into her bedroom, a room that they believed was the least haunted of all. As soon as Cindy graduated high school, she left too. The parents would stay in the house until 1980. Since they left, Arnold Estate sits open to those who are brave enough to visit this home. The parent family believes that while they were living in this house, there may have been nine different spirits haunting them, not at the same time, at separate times, but nine different spirits. Some of the parent sisters have gone on to sign book deals. The most fame that was received was not by the parents, was by the Warrens. The Warrens didn't do much, but they had the most to gain out of the parents' story compared to the parents themselves. The parents got nothing. They suffered with the spirits, they lived there for several years, they finally moved out. Even though they had book deals, they didn't make as much as much as the Warrens did. The Warrens helped create the whole Conjuring universe. So you can imagine how much money they could have made compared to the parents. 
Andrea went on to write a book series called House of Darkness, House of Light. The book has everything that happened in the house. In this Conjuring movie universe, whatever money the Warrens made, I don't think that the parents got anything out of it. Andrea said that the Conjuring movie is mostly a true story, but there are certain fictional elements to it. Now, of course, when you're trying to convert a real story into a movie, you're not going to put all the information in there. It's going to be a pretty boring movie. It would be more of a documentary than a movie. So the Conjuring movie had a little bit of here and there effects added to it to make it more interesting, to make it more scary. I guess a similar thing you could say was about the Annabelle story. I will link it down below. The previous episode that I have covered is about the doll Annabelle. The real life Annabelle is a cute little raggedy ant doll with red hair and a nice triangle nose. But if you see Annabelle in the movie, she is a porcelain doll with these scary features. The whole doll itself has been changed just to make it look scarier, just to make the whole experience scarier. The moment you set eyes on the porcelain doll, Annabelle, you feel that fear. But if you look at Annabelle, the real Annabelle, you would feel like it's just a cute little doll. What could this doll do? Similar to that, The Conjuring also has done something like that. They have added a lot of fictional elements to make it sound and look a lot scarier than it actually was. But that doesn't mean that the real story is not scary. The real story is also equally scary. Just imagine living in a house for several years with your children being tormented. You're tormented, your children are tormented, being tortured by spirits. It's it's horrible, it's a nightmare, it's heartbreaking. Whatever happened in Arnold Estate all those years ago is a mystery and that is unsolved to this very day. The Arnold Estate to this day is said to be the most haunted house in the world. Now, out of everything, one interesting thing that happened was that when Andrea was on the set of the Conjuring film, she claimed that an invisible force blew through the facility and swept away everything in its path. She said she could feel the spirits again, the same feeling that she got years ago when she was in her house. Thinking about the parent family for all those years, I guess it's kind of like you have this nostalgic feeling and then suddenly something happens. So I don't know whether the ghosts also were having a nostalgic feeling, but Andrea definitely did when she felt this breeze just blow through. Thinking about the parent family for all those years, they never said anything. Even after they left their home, they claimed that the spirits never actually left them. The torture was still there, but not as bad as in the house, but it was still there. Carolyn had decided not to come to the film set that day. She had decided to stay back at home the last minute. And at the exact time that this unknown force ripped past members of her family on the set, she said she fell and broke her hip. She also said that while she was in the hospital, she could feel the presence of Bathsheba. It was like the spirit had never left her. After the parent family sold the farmhouse, it ended up going through several owners and each one experienced some level of paranormal activity. 
now this was not as bad as what the parents had experienced but that activity was still there the house finally ended up with norma sutcliffe and jerry nelfridge in 1987 they said they never faced any paranormal activity in the house In 2005, the film crew from Ghost Hunters from Sci-Fi Channel came to check out this house with the permission from Norma and Jerry. They did find some evidence of paranormal activity. When Norma saw this evidence, she said, "Yes, she had witnessed this. She had experienced a door in the front hall bang for no reason." Jerry said sometimes they would hear people and footsteps. Doors opening, Jerry's chair in the study would mysteriously vibrate. they had all these sensations all these feelings they had witnessed everything many would believe these are supernatural experiences but norma and jerry believed that there had to be some sort of scientific explanation for them it's kind of like someone tells you a place is haunted you walk over to that place you go there and you feel anything and you think that yeah this is this is haunted yes this is haunted so maybe norma and jerry felt something like that that there was some kind of an explanation to this and just because people are saying it's haunted we also have to think it's haunted we don't believe that it is the conjuring came out in 2013 and the movie was so famous that norma and jerry had constant trespasses on their property they had ghost hunters fans people who had heard of the movie watched the movie everyone wanted to come and look at this house I mean how exciting would it be when you know that there is an awesome movie the movie is so famous you love it and then you realize that it's based on a true story the house is right there and everyone wanted to come and see this house to see these spirits when andrea came out with her book people realized how true and dangerous these spirits were people would not stop coming and norma ended up suing warner brothers for damages and for the cost of a state of the art security system that they had to buy just to keep these people away in june 2019 they sold the property to cory and jennifer heinzen who are actually paranormal investigators themselves the couple kept the house open for public so anyone who wanted to come check it out could do so They have experienced paranormal activity in the house and so have their children. They officially opened the house to public in February 2020. Now this house although it's open to public it's not free. The cost to stay at the house is $125 per person on weekdays and weekends and 750 bucks for a minimum of 6 guests and 125 per person. Jennifer and Cory believe that the evil spirits that terrorize the parent family have moved on and have now been replaced by other spirits. Andrea believes that the spirits have a reason for being there. They wanted their story to be told and she did so with her writing. If Andrea hadn't come up with a story, it would only be what Ed and Lorraine had said. I think it's kind of true to some extent because Ed and Lorraine had a completely different idea of what was happening in the house. They came, they saw the house, they believed it was haunted and they wanted to get rid of this. And so they decided to hold a séance, they wanted to perform an exorcism, I guess. They wanted to get rid of these spirits. 
no matter how hard they tried they could not get rid of these spirits so finally they had to leave the house i believe that whatever andrea says is right i mean in her own perspective it is right if she didn't come out and tell her version of the story what happened she lived in that house she lived with those spirits she literally grew up with spirits being around her she knows much better than the warrens who just came to the house for a few days or a few weeks and it's kind of sad to imagine that the warrens made so much money so much profit and they got so much fame compared to the parents and i feel bad just by saying this that before i started researching this case i had no idea about the parents i had no idea about the parent family their story in fact i didn't even know that there was a family called the parents family before this i just knew about ed and lorraine warren i knew that they were famous they had gotten rid of a lot of evil spirits they had a lot of objects that were haunted but i had no idea about the parent family i had no idea that the place that they were living in was not called the conjuring house i had no idea about all these things and i'm definitely sure that of all the of all you guys who are listening there would be some of you who didn't know this and there are a lot of movies lot of series out there put out whose real stories we don't know and i will be covering a lot of these stories i will be covering a lot of background stories and going in depth and trying to find out what happened because it's really sad to know that people don't know the real persons the real ones who had suffered we all know what's put in front of us we don't know the real people who had suffered all these years these poor children had to suffer because of these spirits and ultimately they got nothing out of it thank you so much for being with me through this episode i would love to know what do you guys think i'm so sorry that i delayed by one week i had a very bad cold i think you can still sense it in my voice i had a very bad cold and i could not record at all and i'm so sorry that it's late but i'll try my best to come up with the next story as soon as i can because i want to finish this halloween with some of the best stories i'm trying to cover up the ed and lorraine stories in this month there are a lot of ed and lorraine stories so one month is not going to be enough you can imagine they had thousands and thousands of cases we can't complete all of them but we will try to go through with the best and the most famous ones if there are some stories you want me to cover if you are interested in some story if you want to know the background of some movie there are a lot of movies that had real life incidents and i had no idea so if there is something that you want me to cover please do let me know if you haven't yet please do follow me on social media especially instagram follow 3m fear podcast on youtube and please give a five star rating on whichever platform you're listening this from because it really will help me a lot that's it for the day thank you so much for being here don't forget to follow me on social media especially instagram the links are in my description box you can also find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com If you love reading thrillers you can now check out my free ebook available on my website Once again thank you so much for being here today and see you next week Have a great week and stay safe out there